This is the Rich Eisen Show. Boom! I don't have bitterness towards the organization, Jordan, or anything. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. If there is a guy that actually has the power or leverage to say, hey, you know what? Good luck. It, it's well, Aaron. I have to tell you, Ryan, the news of quarterback refusing to restructure his contract is... Man bites dog. Today's guests, NFL Network analyst, Daniel Jeremiah. NFL Network insider, Ian Rappaport. Plus, 49ers head coach, Kyle Shanahan. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Well, hey everybody. Welcome to the Rich Eisen Show, back here in Los Angeles, California. Jet lagged and absolutely out of you know what's left to give. My name is Rich Eisen. Uh, I am your humble host. Great to be here. Good to see you, Chris Brockman. Hey, how are you? Great job this weekend, man. Thank you, sir. Awesome, man. Greatly appreciate that. Mike Del Tufo, how are you, sir? Good, good, good to see you good, back good in your you. chair. Good, good to, to see you over there, TJ Jefferson. Hey, how Rich. Are you? What's cracking? I am. Uh, I'm back from the draft. That was a fun time. That was a, a great time in Cleveland, Ohio. It looked and like a blast. Th- th- there's kudos and congratulations uh, to go around to everybody uh, in Cleveland, Ohio, who rolled out the brown carpet. You know, because uh, everything is Cleveland Browns there, and they love their football there. My gosh, they love their football there. And you know, if it wasn't for that, you know, uh, crazy thing called you know uh, weather in uh, in the Midwest, and obviously we all know uh, these are not uh, uh, regular times. That place would have, there there would have been tens upon tens upon tens of thousands of people there in that beautiful draft hall that was built right on the shores of Lake Erie. And it was amazing. It was terrific. And then uh, kudos to, I mean, obviously I did not see the uh, ESPN and ABC coverage because I was doing my best to uh, keep you from that. Um, you know, because <laughs> as you know, I, 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 I have no problem promoting it. We had so many people on the program uh, leading up to the ESPN and ABC coverage of the NFL draft. But then for me, uh, you know, once it starts, that, that's when I come out of the smoke and do the squirrel dance that you saw on my 40-yard dash with Ray Lewis, which we'll t- discuss on this program as well. Uh, with the Run Rich Run campaign coming to a crescendo. Um, so congratulations to everybody who put the draft on because it was great to be back at an NFL draft hall. The energy in the building was intense and the excitement was uh, was there. And then, of course, the level of interest in what was going on in the draft through the roof. And congratulations go out. Congratulations go out to all 32 NFL teams. Your drafts were great. Every single fan base, your drafts were incredible. I mean, those every draft was the best, and then every single fan that's out there saying, "Oh, draft stunk." You, so I will say this uh, to everybody who uh, loves their draft: you got company, okay? And to everybody out there, every fan who's like, "My my team, uh, my team's draft stunk." Um, you have you you have no idea what you're talking about. You no nobody does. We have no earthly idea what anybody is talking about. None. You know, because you can sit here, and I know Colts fans are like, we didn't get a left tackle. We need a left tackle to protect our quarterback. And Chris Ballard's like, "It just we know it's a need. It just didn't match up on the board. We weren't going to reach for somebody that we didn't like. Right. Or Raiders fans like, what the hell was Mayock <laughs> choosing Alex Leatherwood first overall? It was the only player outside of Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 that went in the first round. Yep. And as Mayock said when he joined us on NFL Network, in the uh, final throws of day three, in case anybody missed it, he's like, I heard that a lot of people were were uh, wondering what we were doing and complaining or criticizing the pick, and I don't care what the hell they think. <laughs> it's literally what he said. Exactly. I don't care what they think. Exactly. Because the team likes what they like, uh-huh. and they, 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 the Raiders in particular looked like they, they were trying to trade down, 
They couldn't. The options were not there. So they chose the guy that they were going to take. Yeah. He was that, a little bit more emphatic than you were just now, Rich. I, I, I know. <laughs> he was a little bit more emphatic. So, so there's, all of, there's all of that. We have no idea. A perfect example. Here you go. Three years ago, four drafts ago now, Baker Mayfield, number one overall. What the hell were the Browns doing? Really? Taking him first overall? No, now what? We just came back from Cleveland, Ohio, where the Browns fans are going crazy because not only did they host a draft, but they were not, for the first time, maybe in some of these people's natural-born lives, living on pins and needles saying, this has to work out. The Browns could have gone oh for whatever the hell their draft was, and they're still in good shape going into the 2021 season as an 11-win team with a third-place schedule. Coming off of their first playoff win since Belichick was their coach. That's who Baker Mayfield is now third overall third overall selection here i was i probably came back to the rich eisen show that day coming up back after all of us from dallas and I, I i you know i could probably take that conditional phrasing out because i am every single time this way after the jets choose a, a first round quarterback which is like what you could set your <laughs> you could set your i guess your senatorial election calendar to it once every six years and the jets just cut that in half we're excited. This is great. Sam Darnold coming out of USC. He's even better than the last USC quarterback we had, who we all know didn't work out in the end, but did go to two straight AFC championship games. Sam Darnold. Now he's a Carolina Panther quarterback. And the Panthers went through the draft without choosing a quarterback. I told you so. I didn't see Carolina. I can't. And Justin Fields and Mac Jones were on the clock. On the board. For Carolina, and they took Patrick Sertan instead. No, they took uh, J.C. Horn instead. Yeah. They took the, the the corner instead because Sertan was on the board for Denver to take. They didn't take one either. Denver. Oh, because there was okay. Aaron Rodgers trade rumors. Well, <laughs> and we'll hit that later on in the show with, with Ian Rappaport. <laughs> Third quarterback taken off the board in that draft was a guy with all sorts of accuracy problems. All sorts of accuracy problems. And what sort of competition did he take, did he really face in Wyoming anyway? Today, everybody go back to your homes, nothing to see here. Bills picked up the fifth-year option on Josh Allen. <laughs> Bills chose 30th overall in the draft. All right? Josh Allen may wind up being the best out of everybody. And then Josh Rosen goes 10th overall, and he said that there are nine other teams that are essentially going to regret that, right? We know where he is today. He's in San Francisco. I was going to say, do we? <laughs> he is in San Francisco. And, and once again, another quarterback gets drafted. We're in a spot where he potentially hopes to, to stick. Yeah. And that's Trey Lance, who went third overall. Again, I... Told you so. I was hearing that April 21st. That it was Lance in San Francisco and that it was Lance all along. Which Kyle Shanahan in his mid-draft press conference said was in fact the case. Jim Trotter of NFL Media Group reporting that he went to John Lynch who apparently was Lance all the time. He was Lance first out of the gate. But Kyle Shanahan was kind of doing the evaluating as well. And he said, how'd you like to take Trey Lance? And according to Jim Trotter, um, it seems like Lynch said, are you effing with me right now? And like, no, let's do it. Lockstep. 
Kyle Shanahan joins this program 20 minutes after the hour in our third hour. Jed York, the owner of the 49ers, joins us tomorrow. We're going to be all over the story. And then the last quarterback taken, Lamar Jackson, he did have his fifth-year option picked up. John Harbaugh was a man of his word when he came on this show last Tuesday. Not lie to us. But at the time, he was a guy like, well, they traded right back in. He dropped down all the way damn near to the second round. Two years removed from being the most valuable player in this league. You never know. We have no idea what's going to happen. And on average, on average, one of the quarterbacks taken in the first round is not going to pan out. More than that, probably two or three. Yeah, yeah. half. Hmm. Trevor Lawrence, I think we can put aside. Yeah, he's good. And and you know, and again, the number of people who've come up to me and asked me about Zach Wilson later on the show, I'll hit you on that too. Trey Lance, I absolutely love. Boy, did he had us at hello when he called yeah. into the show last Tuesday. Physically, arm, legs, neck up, chest inside. He was so damn professional, hitting all the bullet points of the. Bed company that had hired him to appear on the show. Didn't let you rattle him when you were trying to I rattle him? I tried to rattle him about the Belichick zooms, and he sounded like a Patriot quarterback, and who knew it was going to be Mac Jones anyway? Uh, Chris. <laughs> hey, Rich. Don't get him started, Rich. I know you're not happy about Mac Jones. You know, I'm not. You ex- call it an uninspired pick. I'm not excited. And, and, and I don't understand it, quite frankly. I don't understand it, quite frankly. Why Uninspired. Not? He's the first first-round quarterback taken since Drew Bledsoe. You want to talk about inspired pick? That's an inspired selection. You you got uh. you just he's not the quarterback you wanted, and it's because you heard what I heard and everybody heard throughout this entire process that he's not the third overall pick in the draft. But the entire time. Leading up to supposedly our third-hour guest in Kyle Shanahan knighting him, reportedly, as a top-five selection in this draft, that's what everyone thought. Well, you don't go all the way up and give all that up for somebody third overall. You don't give up your next two firsts to go up nine spots to select this kid. But what you do is you sit there at 15 and you take him. You sit there at 15 and you take him, and then you run your card to the podium for that sort of thing. And then he runs out like Vince McMahon, you know, coming out of the green room. Did you see that? He had his chest out and he, you know, grabs the hat. Like, and he didn't even, he didn't even stop for that. So many people, when they got drafted, they looked at the hat. They grabbed the hat. They can't believe it. They made sure it went on. They, no, he was they excited. They the brim. He just grabbed yeah, the damn he was, hat he and he went pumped. out there. You he know why? Because he's a national champion quarterback, and he's a guy that is exactly what Josh McDaniels likes, and he's a guy who's exactly the type of patriot that Belichick likes. I don't know why you're not happy about it. Why are you not happy about it? <laughs> because you got the quarterback. Because here's, because here's why. He's not going to start week one. How okay. do you know? Why did you give Cam a big raise then? Because you didn't know if Mac Jones was going to be there. But you knew that you were going to do something. If you didn't give Cam something like that, you knew that you were going to make a move. You got lucky no. that Mac Jones dropped to you. You okay? didn't No, No, you didn't know you were going to make a move. You didn't know that. They sat there. And dude, they got lucky that Denver dude. and Carolina didn't take him, that nobody traded up. I mean, the Bears traded up ahead of him. For the one of the guys that I wanted, it's not sexy. They bought a brand new minivan and are pumped about it. Like I, I wanted a Tesla or a sports car in the garage 
on draft morning. I get it. And I, and I didn't get it. But guess and what? And here's guess- the deal. If they were going to get a guy like this, why didn't they just trade for Jimmy G again? It's the same guy. Because you sit there first overall and you take him, and he's also younger than Jimmy G, and also he may be a little bit more durable than Jimmy G, and he's cheaper than Jimmy G. You have I mean, restarted we don't know the that. He started as many games uh, as Trey Lance. I love this because I'll say this to you. He may be the new minivan, if that's the way you look at him. Nice new minivan. But guess what? That Tesla or whatever you're talking about doesn't take the kids to school. The kids have got to go to school. And get smarter and, and advance <laughs> the wishes and hopes and dreams of the Brockman Tiana household. Okay? Also, I don't know if you they saw don't... the video the Pats tweeted out. Didn't look like anyone in the room was that excited well, either. It's because it's not one of those rooms like the Detroit Lions where they're biting kneecaps off because they got the protector they wanted for Jared Goff or whoever they think is going to be the quarterback. I don't down know, the road. man. Also, this Bill is, Bill is checking in with everybody. You good with the bank? You good with the bank? Good with the bank? Go ahead. When was the last time we ever saw Bill defer to anyone else's opinion? Well, did you? He, he got a harumph out of everybody. Look, look I, I, I'll, maybe I'll talk myself into it if he eventually plays this year and he looks great. But right now on May 3rd, eh, not excited. I got to tell you, we don't know. And you take somebody from Alabama, you take a national champion, you take somebody who's got the arm accuracy and the ability that Mac Jones has, I will tell you this. This will make the future of Patriot Games must-see because Mac Jones is, in fact, the legacy ender for Bill Belichick. Man is 69 years of age. Yeah. Okay. Maybe the hoodie could be the, 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 the Brady of coaches and coach till he's 80. Maybe. Maybe. But I'll tell you what. This is the end coaching scenario. This is the final window. And he went in. He went in. Because I'll tell you what. The upside of him, in my mind, and what he can do from scratch, from scratch with McDaniels, with the weapons that they have gotten through free agency, because free agency bill was a bill we've never seen before. This kid, in that system, in that building, starting from the ground floor up, and now will have that rookie contract where you can build around and get more players in like you just did for free agency... This guy will either get Belichick that one more ring for his boat or two and allow him to say what Brady's been saying, showing up at the Kentucky Derby like he's getting ready for, you know, <laughs> what, uh, a Roger Rabbit finale, apparently, <laughs> from what I saw on Twitter. He's going to wreck Toontown. And he's been able to walk around <laughs> saying, framed. I got my ring outside of that. <laughs> this kid is the kid that can either make it happen or not. And he could have sat back there and said, Cam is my guy. Let's see what Cam could do age 32 and 33, 34 and up. And you would have to live and die with that as opposed to going all in on a rookie. And you say it's uninspired. I I didn't get that. I don't get that. But you are the fan of the Patriots. I am a fan of the Jets. And one thing is for sure, for the next five to seven years, when the Jets – and the Patriots play each other. We'll see who drafted the right quarterback and who did not. It's going to be fun. As if this rivalry needs another <laughs> layer to it. Right. They both chose a rookie quarterback at the same time. And we'll see what happens. 
I can't wait for it. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. On the show, we will talk about that Jets pick. I'll give you my two cents on that. Aaron Rodgers' future. There were four tro- four quarterbacks taken on night two that have changed, uh, and, and, and day three that have changed uh, um, that has changed the outlook for some franchises, including the Houston Texans, who finally acknowledged the writing on the wall that has been in huge letters for, for weeks <laughs> and months, and they chose the draft to acknowledge that the Deshaun Watson era is coming to an end. That one knocked me for a loop on Friday night, as many of you saw. Ian Rappaport will join on all of this front. We will hit Run Rich Run, and uh, I'll tell you a couple stories from the, from the shoot of that. Michael Vick, who ran a 4-7-40 and was upset about it because he got hurt in doing it, he will join us on tomorrow's show. Kyle Shanahan, Hour 3. Ian Rappaport, Hour 2. When we come back, Daniel Jeremiah, who sat on the other side of the set with me for an entire week, he will join us with his two cents on what he thought of this draft and which of the rookie quarterbacks he believes is going to start Week 1 and more. Justin Fields is a bear. Mac Jones is a Patriot. Davis Mills is a Houston Texan. I mean, those are three quarterback answers with Trey Lance being a 49er that we got answers to that uh, we finally now have. Can't wait to talk about it with you over the next several hours right here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. One of the first things I did when I got off the plane yesterday is I uh, hit some balls. Took uh, Coop for a golf lesson. Hit some balls. Rolled some as well. The white hot OG putter. Um, when Odyssey created their uh, white-hot putters 20 years ago, a putting revolution started because of the greatest insert of all time, the most sought-after putter insert of all time, and it is back. Introducing the new white-hot OG line of putters from Odyssey, defined by the famous urethane insert golfers everywhere have come to love because of that almost mythical combination of sound, feel, and roll. Tour players and amateur golfers alike rejoice in the return of a cherished icon. The original White Hot designs have been completely reimagined. The two ball, the Rossi, the number seven, the rest of the head shape sport, modern upgrades, fine surface milling, ultra premium look to inspire confidence over the ball. And that most popular insert of all time, right in there. A beautiful balance of nostalgia and craftsmanship you have to see to believe. Legendary then, iconic now. See the new White Hot OG family of putters today at odysseygolf.com. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show with Daniel Jeremiah in just a moment. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com eisen. 
Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Audio executive Michael Del Tufo's lightning quick reflexes on a mixing board are a sight to behold. With his combination of experience, nerves of steel, and endless stamina based on an intense workout regimen, Mike's one of the best in the business. However, what happens when Mike gets distracted by social media posts, fantasy sports, and just general daydreaming? At the Rich Eisen Studios, soul and science tests reveal that Del Tufo's delays in opening a mic or playing a soundbite can last anywhere from three to six seconds. Over a three and a half year span, these daily delay lag times add up to an inconceivable 78 minutes of dead air for a national show. But when Del Tufo reconnects with his responsibilities, his adjustment speed is off the charts and almost inhuman. Mike's hand moves from his lap to the mixing board in an unthinkable speed of over 21 miles per hour. That's five times faster, he'd like to think, than the strike of a copperhead. His fast twitch muscle fibers continue to amaze as his arm snaps up into the air to signal that it was my bad in just under seven tenths of a second. That's just under eight tenths of a second. It's no wonder that this man has an Emmy certificate sitting on his mantle at home, even though no one's actually seen an Emmy. I'm John Brankus at the Rich Eisen Studios for Soul and Science. I think he did that, if I remember, he did that read like in one take, right? Oh, yeah. Remember that? He was amazing. He was amazing that day. Amazing that day. He was locked in. Yeah. And and you're just putting during the break now. Now, I mean, Callaway sent you to Wilshire uh, for the LPGA, and you're Mm -hmm. you're hooked now. You're just... Like I said, when you when you get tips from some of the best in right. the world, you have to apply them, and that's why I've been. I doing. forget which player told you gave you the tips where she's like, "Put your, get your, put your." Oh, that was that was my buddy Madeline Sagstrom, right? Yes. Where she's like, "Put, get your elbows into your side yeah. and then just and kind of let your shoulders loose." Yes, like the, yes. Yeah. So yes, absolutely. So just wait, trying to apply what I learned. Wait Rich. till you play with me again, Chris, because he's played with me a lot. Wait till you see. I've got this new swing. Oh. I do. Oh, he's back. I do. And now that we're through the draft and all this craziness. Now you can focus. On golf. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Which is what you should be focusing on. I should be there right now. Yeah, the important stuff. What am I doing here? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I mean, I'll take over the show since Fulfilling my obligation, but also having a great time with my friends. Did I say fulfilling an obligation? Did I say that? Back here on the Rich Eisen Show with our radio audience and along with our Peacock audience and... uh, uh, I love working with this guy, man. It was great to be back in the mix with him uh, after a year off last year. Uh, he was on ESPN's coverage last year, but right there at the end of the set, right where I could see him, right where I could ask him a million questions over the span of three days, and he was just so spot on, and he's such a he's such a good dude to work with, and he's his demeanor never changes. 
unlike Mayock, who could go in a very dark place in two <laughs> seconds flat. He's Daniel Jeremiah at Move the Sticks right here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, DJ? I'm doing great, Rich. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, embarrass you and brag on you here for a second because I, there's there's things that go on kind of behind the scenes on a production like this. I don't think everybody knows about, and we have an unbelievable setup and unbelievable people behind us. Yes, but uh, Brockman, you'll appreciate this because you've seen Rich do things like this for years and years and years. But we were coming out. I think it was Thursday night, and it was it might have been the pre-show. But because you have all this equipment there and everything, for some reason that our our ears went out like right as we were coming on and this is all happening. I mean, you talk about something that should be unsettling and it was for the majority of that first segment. And Rich just, I mean, I don't, nobody knew, nobody knew that was watching because he's just a complete pro and the band is playing loud. You can't hear anything. We have no ears. We can't hear a word. And Rich just went right through the whole segment as if nothing happened. It was incredible. (laughs) Well, you know, um, I hate to tell you, DJ, I purposely made that happen so you could not only tell the story, but I could enjoy the band and just listen to it because <laughs> I gave them the set list from my bar mitzvah and my wedding to combine, and they nailed every song. Like, you know how you know how there was every single player in your top 50 went, you know, every single song in my top 50 went from that band that, with the lead singer looked like PFT the commenter. Range. It was, the range was oh incredible. How about that moment when, when they're playing Sweet Caroline and Roger Goodell, like, it gets into it in the draft hall as well. And, like you know, them on. a couple times, like, he would come out like a band leader when he came down and he would just turn to the band. That's <laughs> yeah, a, You okay. know, like Johnny Carson coming back from break. Just, okay, and we're back, everybody. Like, he would do that every now and then. But for Sweet Caroline, he just, like, let it go. Yeah. Well, you know? You I know mean, what's crazy? So what's good. crazy, Rich, is I'm a couple of years younger than you, and I, I my first thought was from my grandmother was Lawrence Welk, and you went with Johnny Carson, so I did. you had the more current uh, analogy than I did. We're all old school, man. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, uh, Daniel, thank you. you and you're, you're terrific, too, with Charles Davis and Joel Klatt, obviously Coach David Shaw, first night in Schrager. Uh, Shrags from uh, Good Morning Football um, and so much more. And Ian Rappaport's joining us um, later on in hour number two of the show yeah. to talk about all the news. So I guess let's take a look um, from the dra- now that we're a couple days removed from from Mr. Irrelevant being selected. Um, what is uh, what's your top you know down look at this draft? What you saw and what uh, your takeaway is your prime takeaway from it? Yeah, I thought it was you know there was kind of those inflection points we had been teeing up for for a long time in this draft in terms of three uh, with San Francisco and, and which way they would go. I loved, you know, the more that I've had a chance to kind of look at what their team looks like now. I was talking about this with Bucky on the on the podcast this morning on with the sticks, which was, can you imagine the 49ers breaking the huddle, Rich, next year, provided that they're all healthy and they have everybody ready to go. They could break the huddle with what looks like five wide receivers, um, and no running back. So you can have Kittle out there, four, four wide receivers and George Kittle, right? So you've got no backs on the field. So you're the opposing team, and you want to match up with that. So you put your small guys out there so you can cover them. The next thing you know, you've got Trey Lance in the backfield with Debo Samuel on one hip, mm. and you've got Jalen Hurd, who played running back and receiver at Baylor on the other hip. And you could be literally – I mean, think about all three of those guys can will run right through you. you got all those little guys on the field. They could run it down your throat. Like Kyle Shanahan has so many possibilities in the run game. And, and one of the knocks on Trey Lance, which was, oh, you know, they, only, they don't throw it more than 18 times a game. Uh, guess what? He might not have to throw it more than 18 times a game with San Francisco either. Right. Uh, I mean, they're going to run the living heck out of the football. Especially, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's, that's the whole thing. And it's, it's entirely possible, too, 
that the quarterback is Jimmy G. And Lance is one of those people that comes in and, and maybe Lance is on Jimmy G's hip too. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it's entirely possible that that happens while Lance is, you know, supposedly in the maturation hopper. Um, and they picked up Trey Sermon, a running back as well, out of the Ohio State. I can personally attest that he's a load. Um, <laughs> that's a battering ram. Right. And they picked up some offensive line help too. I, I really, my gosh, um, I, I do love what they did in Lance being at the top. I know that's what you said they should do. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what they wound up doing. I thought that was a tremendous choice. Yeah, I thought it was the right pick. I really did. And I laughed because people said, you lied to us. I'm like, guys, I, the mock drafts, we go off of what we're hearing. You know, I always try and dis- distinguish between that. Like, all the buzz, and we even talked about it on your show, even from the press conference, Kyle was kind of leaving breadcrumbs pointing towards Mac Jones. Um, but at the end of the day, they, I thought they made the right choice. And, uh, and it's, that division is shaping up to be murderer's row, man. It's going to be fun. Well, and I, I can't wait to chat with Kyle Shanahan about it in hour number three of the show, not only because there's so many different questions to ask him, but both of us made it through Sunday. So it's great. Um, so we're living. both here. Yeah, we're still, we're still here. Fogging up mirrors here on the Rich Eisen Show. Daniel Jeremiah right here on the program. So, obviously, Lawrence starts day one. Obviously, yeah. Zach Wilson starts day one. What about the rest? Uh, who do you think? And I'm, I'm throwing out there even those that were chosen in day two or day three of this draft. Who do you think has the, the shot to start week one of the 17 regular season game 2021 schedule, DJ? Well, I mean, I, I would not rule out fields. Um, I know, you know, a lot of people say, you know, Mac Jones ready to play right away, but that's Cam Newton is still he's an accomplished dude now. Um, and and Bucky brought up a great point this morning was, is there any bigger uh, uh, you know juxtaposition between the physiques of a starting, you know, of the starting two quarterbacks competing for the job? I mean, what's that? <laughs> Can you imagine just looking at them on the field? How well, different that looks? Hold on a second. Uh, hold on a second. What yeah. about Jalen Hurts and Joe Flacco in Philadelphia, DJ? So those that's an odd couple. Types. Those, are, Those a, are different body types. That's Felix and Oscar Absolutely. also right there. Yep. Okay. But that's, uh, I do hear you, though. That's, that's a good point, but that's going to be fascinating to see how that I'm, – I'm still going to guess that, that Cam comes out of that as a starter, at least early on. Uh, I, think, I think Fields, if I was going to guess, I would say it's a handful of games before we see him. Um, the one that you mentioned outside of the, the first round, I think the only one would be Davis Mills, right, just because of the uncertainty. Uh, with what's going on there. But even that, I, I think he would have a hard time beating out Tyrod Taylor to start the season. So, um, yeah, I, I, the ones I feel pretty certain about are the ones that went number one and number two. Um, after that, I think you're at least talking about a few games, I would imagine, before we see those other guys out there, unless they just force the hand of, the, of those teams. I know one thing, that we said this on the broadcast, but the Bears go from a team that was hard to watch to a team that I can, honestly can't wait to watch. So how does Justin Fields transform what, um, what let's be honest, I mean, it, 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 you know, I know you said they were the most boring offense in the league to watch during our broadcast a couple of times, but Matt Nagy was coach of the year his first year out because of the way he and Trubisky seemed to be a match made in, in football. Mm-hmm. Um, but h- how does Fields transform what we have seen the Bears offense devolve into? Well, I think that he just plays the game so much more aggressively. You know, when you look at, you know, a lot was made of the difference between him and Haskins playing in that same offense. And the, that offense was very productive. Haskins threw 50 touchdowns, but it was a lot of underneath stuff, screens and 
uh, tunnel screens, bubble screens, all that stuff. And then Justin Fields comes out there, and he's big game hunting, and he's pushing the ball vertically down the field. I thought that Bears offense just lacked the, any explosiveness. He's going to bring that. He's going to attack. A guy like Darnell Mooney would be a fun fantasy guy to have because um, he's going to get over the top, and he'll get some opportunities to go along with Allen Robinson. And then he's just, you know, they're going to be able to use more design quarterback run game with, with Justin Fields, and he's going to pop some. So um, it's just going to be – it's not going to be – old school, you know, station-to-station uh, station baseball. It's going to actually have a chance to hit the ball out of the park a couple times. Daniel Jeremiah here on the Rich Eisen Show. Offensive weaponry, which one do you think is the best mix? Week one for this season, year one for this season, which one uh, outside of, um, obviously, a quarterback do you like? Ooh, in terms of just the skill position players that yeah. they can throw out there on the field? Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I, I guess about, we should remove Pitts from the equation since that's an obvious one. But let's remove – that's where – I don't mean to cut you off at the pass right there, but no. clearly um, that's that's the answer. But out, I guess the, out, out of the offensive uh, weaponry, whether it is Najee Harris or Travis Etienne yeah. being being reunited with, with Trevor Lawrence or it is any of the, the wideouts that went out there, you could even throw – Elijah Moore going to the Jets uh, at the top of round number two. I'll, I'll give you the floor on all of that, Daniel. Yeah, I mean, I really like what the Jets did with those, you know, with those two picks that they ended up having after, you know, they get the trade up there for Vera Tucker was the best guard in the draft, but getting, um, you know, Elijah Moore as a wide out. But I also think the combination, you know, making that decision between him and Javante Williams deciding to go with the wide out. And I don't think in their wildest dreams they thought that the next best running back who was his teammate, Michael Carter, would be there when they picked uh, in round number four. So I like that combination for the Jets. But if you're just saying, like, what's the best mix? Yeah. Um, I mean, Jamar Chase, I mean, he's, he's the best receiver in the draft. He gets to reunite with his college quarterback. And when you look at that, you know, weaponry that they have now in terms of young, talented players, with Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins, um, that's what Joe Burrow did best at LSU. You know, that, that was the, the change. Everybody asked in that draft last year, how did Joe Burrow go from – what he was in 2019 to 2020 is all the same players. Well, yeah, they, they, they tapped into his superpower, which is spreading people out and letting him, his vision is his superpower, to be able to see the field and deliver it accurately with guys that can win. And they didn't have that last year, and I think everybody pointed to the crappy offensive line, and I think he's saying, hey, just give me more weapons, um, and then I can get the ball out quick, and it's not going to matter as much. So um, that, that's why I'm excited about that fit. And they need, look, they need Jackson Carmen to be a player who they took in the second round out of Clemson to, to be a starter for them in that offensive line. I like Deontay Smith, the, the tackle out of East Carolina they took in the fourth round. They're going to need those guys here sooner than later. But I think they felt like, at least in the short term, they could plug a hole with Riley Reef uh, at one year, $7.5 million. And Jonah Williams, when healthy, has played well. He just missed too many games last year. What do you make, DJ, for Dolphins fans uh, who thought maybe they should take a Heisman Trophy winner over Jalen Waddle, the Waddle over Devontae Smith for, for the Dolphins' choice? What do you got for me on that one? Well, I would say just to encourage him to go back and watch those first four games of the season when Waddle was healthy. And, and you can even watch the, you can watch the Missouri game um, and you see Missouri just, just trying to bracket cover Jalen Waddell. And you've, you've heard their coach, Eli Drinkwitz, even talk about it. Like that was their focus to try and take him away. He was averaging 20 yards a catch. He was, he was on his way to potentially winning the Heisman Trophy himself before he got hurt. And he's just, again, I said it on the draft, Rich, he's got ludicrous speed. The guy can just absolutely fly. So with him and Will Fuller, um, I guess they're going to stretch out to his arm a little bit. 
Yeah, I guess so. And then that that pre-Zoom meeting that we had on Wednesday prior to your uh, mock draft show uh, where I'm like, you know, because you had uh, Devontae Smith going to Philadelphia. I'm like, well, if that happens, you know, you know, well, we should definitely do this for the show. How about comping him with Allen Iverson going to Philadelphia because they have the same height and weight? And uh, sure enough, we wound up using that graphic in real life because he goes to he goes to Philadelphia. Uh, how do you see that playing out in Philly? First of all, stop doing my job so well. Okay? Not cool. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just it. It was just one shot at it, and um, you know, I, I got lucky. I got lucky that we got to use it on Thursday night too. But it was um, great. I, I was rooting for it. after you after you made that comp. I was really rooting for that to happen because it was yes. the 25 points per game, uh, the 25 touchdowns. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah, in their last NCAA season, exactly. It worked. Yeah, it was a hell of a comp. That was per- it was a great comp by you. Uh, but no, I, I was excited for that pick. The Eagles. I didn't see the actual number on it. I think they had as many. Uh, no, I think it was the Carolina Panthers and maybe the Eagles had as, as many of my top 150 players. So I, I liked that. I thought they got value all throughout the draft. Um, and Devontae Smith, I think he's a pure number one receiver. He's an outstanding route runner. And, again, the familiarity he has with Jalen Hurts uh, going back to their time at Alabama. So, uh, yeah, I like that decision. Sometimes you can get detoured from making the right decision because you think, well, is this admitting we made a mistake last year? Uh, taking Jalen Rager where they did. And it's like, you can't think like that, man. You just stack your board with the best players. And then when it's your turn to pick, you take the guy at the top of the list. And, and Rager could be healthy this year. And, and now you've got yourself some really uh, dynamic young wideouts for Jalen Hurts in what appears to be just a uh, a potential one-year audition for him for his gig. Um, so that's something mm-hmm. of interest. A couple more minutes They've got left. Three ones. They've got three ones next year. So um, this is kind of a, you know, just you want to get – three or four solid players this year. And then really the, the Eagles next decade is going to be defined on what they do in next year's draft because uh, they have to make a decision on the quarterback and they're going to have a chance to really get better next year. Well, um, you know, there, there's an interesting theory on what they're amassing those first round picks for, but we're, we can, <laughs> there is. We, we could just put a pin in that for a moment right here on the Rich Eisen show. Uh, before I let you go, a couple more teams I want to hit you on Dallas Cowboys boy, did They hit the hell out of that defense. Um, they didn't take any of the cheese that I was laying out there uh, that they might take for Kyle Pitts or anybody else. Certainly later on in the second, third round, they hit the heck out of the defense. What'd you make of their draft, Daniel? Yeah, they got a lot faster, uh, a lot faster at the second level when you get Micah Parsons and you bring over Jabril Cox. You know, Jabril Cox, there's always a couple head scratchers of like, what the heck is he still doing out there? They got him. He's 115th overall pick. Um, and I had him just outside my top 50. So I thought that was a, a tremendous value there. Curious to see what it means, you know, for their, for their current group of linebackers, uh, with, with Leighton Vanderash and Jalen Smith, you know, going forward. But, you know, I guess we shouldn't be surprised they went so defensive heavy when you watched them play last year. They were just, they were awful. Um, and that's why you have a new defensive coordinator in Dan Quinn. They went out and got a lot of speed at, at all three levels. I think that's, that's usually the, uh, the recipe, when you look at it and say, man, we stink on defense, usually it's because we need to get a heck of a lot faster. Well, you know, because you, you gave me all such great insights, um, uh, I will I will give you some uh, interesting insight. on. I, I did hear, in fact, I don't know if this is telling any tales out of school and I might get in trouble about it, but this is a fact. Uh, Micah Parsons, when he jumped at uh, the commissioner, you remember he jumped mm-hmm. in his arms, like yeah. a nice yeah. sort of uh, a, a, an officer and a gentleman type moment? Um the commissioner, I think, uh, played hurt the rest of the draft. 
like uh, I think he was chewing Motrin just to get through some uh, get through the rest of that first night. I mean, um, he, I think he got him, to be honest with you. And if he brings that sort of lumber, um, look out for the rest of the NFC East, Daniel. Yeah. So are you telling me there might have been uh, there might have been some icy hot under that? It could have been. Sweater? Certainly. <laughs> yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, day three where he came out in those boat shoes looking straight out of some sort of, uh, See, you the know. The fact that he had soft, the fact that he had soft soled shoes. Yep. On day should three. Have, should have alerted us. A nice yeah. ensemble. Um, apparently, uh, Micah Parsons led to a lot of that stuff. Um, last one for you. Um, yeah. We all know uh, part of the reason why we're going to be talking about Aaron Rodgers for weeks to come is because the Packers draft the way they draft, and that's the way they draft. Um, but it sure looked like they, they I mean, two offensive linemen and a wide receiver um, in this draft. What did you make of the Green Bay Packers draft, DJ? No, I thought they had a good draft, and you know we had fun with the with the Rogers to Rogers thing, with the Mari Rogers being their you know, the receiver that they took. Right. Um, you know their personnel is, is pretty darn good. It is. You know, I, somebody <laughs> no. brought somebody brought up a great point. You know, as we talked about the different teams, and I, again, I'll reiterate my stance on that whole thing. I'm not I'm not trading Aaron Rodgers. I don't care. Whatever. I don't want that on my resume. So it's either he's playing for us or he's not playing. That would be my stance from the Green Bay standpoint. But somebody else, I don't even know who it was, brought up a very, a very good point. Like, if you look at their offensive personnel, um, where's he going to go where it's better? You know, like, it's a good offensive line. you got a really good back. It might have been our buddy Greg Rosenthal, I think, that might have sent this out there. You've got one of the top, you know, three or four wide receivers in the NFL in Adams. You've got a pretty good tight end. Um, I mean, that's... It's pretty good, you know. If, if you know, you can look at Tom Brady and say the frustration of man, this kind of just crumbled around him in terms of the supporting cast, and to get a chance to go play with some big time dudes down in Tampa, um, this is not like that, in my opinion. Daniel, uh, really loved being with you uh, and seeing you in person, and um, you know, and and doing the draft again. And I can't wait to do it in Vegas next year and years to come if we're so fortunate to do it. So thank you for the time, Daniel. All right, I appreciate it, man. The Celine Dion tickets are on me. You, you got it. I can't and, wait. We're in. That's. Oh, it, by the way, out of all the Vegas references, that's that's where you go. You go Celine Dion. Is that where you go? I'm, hey, hey, I'm a big Titanic guy, Rich. I don't apologize. Well, you jump, I jump. We know that together. So His heart thank will you go for on. The, thank you for the time, DJ. Appreciate it. See you, buddy. You got it. There you go, Daniel Jeremiah. By the way, little known fact. It's an actual fact. Hashtag fact. That big, huge monster setup of a screen from twenty to twenty. In Dallas, over the Jones uh, the field in the Jones Mahal, that huge screen, the inspiration. How did Jerry come up with that? Celine Dion in Las Vegas, Nevada, at her concert. She's got a huge screen, and he and his wife went and saw that, and he goes, maybe we should have that uh, above the field, and let's just put it from the 20 to 20. And then when fans want to you know, stay at home, rather than come to the game because they've got a big, huge television screen on their wall and they want to see replays. How about if I just put one even larger above the field? You just watch the game and then you look up, you watch the replays. Fact. Celine Dion is what put that idea in Jerry Jones's head. <laughs> Who knew? And it's weird. Punters would go to the Celine Dion concert, try to hit just the... Just try to hit the thing yeah, just to, to see how it goes. They yeah, moved it up exactly. a little. <laughs> exactly. It all, you know, comes full circle. Circle of life. <laughs> all right. When we come back... Lots to chew on, certainly on the Aaron Rodgers front. We'll begin to unpack that next on The Rich Eisen Show. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Mike Del Tufo is standing at a microphone that's uh, about, I'd say, 20 feet away. Yep. Looking right at Mr. Wonderful of Kevin O'Leary of Shark Tank. Go for it, Mike Del Tufo. What happens if, like, something happens to me and 2,500 miles away, my family's there and they don't know I could be sitting in the apartment alone, dead for days? So I came up with an idea for an app called Just In Case that would be basically you download it and you could check in with this app and other people could see that A, you're alive still. You could basically be tracked with it. And in theory, basically it would keep you, you know, people knowing what's happening. Just to get the whole story yeah. before I completely eviscerate you. Go ahead. How, how, how would you make money doing this? You a subscription per, per month. Oh, people are gonna pay per month. 99 cents per month, very cheap. $12 a year. <laughs> okay, so here's a scenario. Yep. Like you're in your apartment, you die. Don't you think the neighbors are going to smell your rotting corpse? <laughs> oh, no, there was actually a person in Santa Monica that sat for eight days, two buildings down from me, before people knew that that person was dead. That's the worst idea. I, it, not only does this have zero merit, I mean, the chance that people actually want to contemplate their mortality and pay 99 cents a month doing it, is crazy. Think about it. If, you, if, you're, if your mom calls you for two days and doesn't get an answer, she's probably going to call the super and say, go check on his corpse. Like, think about it. They don't need 99 cents a but month for that. But in theory, wouldn't you want, would, if it's something you don't have to do, Mike, other people can check in? When you're dead, you're dead. <laughs> like, who cares? But just in case. No, I won't care. There'll be a new guy. How does the app there know are, you're dead? The app doesn't know you're dead. You what have to tell it you're not the dead. The app would tell you dead yet. that you're not checking in. Every time you unlock your phone, it would ping, and you put people on a list that know that if, like, your your mother is in Florida, she could be sitting in the house. You know that at least she's checked in on her phone. If you're their kid, you don't have to talk to him on the phone. You don't have to call him. And if it's a kid, <laughs> you know the kid. If you think you're, if you're, if you're worried if your mother's happened. dead, why don't you call her? Well, call let's your say, mother, Mike. Call let's, your mother. Let's just assume that you let's, you don't, you're not going to call. People don't call their mother and father and live 2,500 miles Mom, away every day. I just want to make sure you're not minute. dead. Like, are you kidding? You should call your mother every day. No, no, no. I'm talking about like all day. You don't know. Oh, oh you want to know the exact moment your yeah, mother you dies. you check in. You know that they've actually. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. So she logs on and says, I'm dying. I'm dying. Oh, man. Are you, like, you know, Mike, <laughs> horrifically bad. Really bad. Really bad. <laughs> I tried. Yeah, I tried. All right. You do try. It was I mean, fun. Back in horrifically the day. bad. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for our entire show archive right here on the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH number to dial. So we're talking about the third overall pick in the draft for weeks upon weeks upon weeks. Can't wait to have Kyle Shanahan on the show in hour number three today. Lots to talk about. And then three hours right before the NFL draft hits on Thursday, as we all know, <laughs> Adam Schefter reports that Aaron Rodgers is so pissed that he's told people within the building he doesn't intend to play for the Packers anymore. <laughs> and then that obviously sends things off 
the old rails. Here's the deal. I'm hearing this a lot over the last four days. Is it personal? Is it business? It's both. Okay? It's both. And here's what it seems to indicate to me. Aaron Rodgers has many different options right now. He could say, I want to go host Jeopardy, which he may re- not really have a real shot at. As you know, they're, they're going through a ton of different other yeah, hosts, yeah, yeah, and he was course. very popular. And, and he, he was, was great at I it. I know that. He was great. He can do that. He could basically say, uh, I'm going to go, um, I want to spend time with my new wife. I'm out. I'm gone. I'm done. He could do that. He's got an, uh, millions of dollars. He can absolutely take his ball and go home. That's it. He'd have to repay a ton of money to Green Bay to do it, but he would. you know, he could cut a check and then live the rest of his life. And then uh, deal with whether he wants to come back then. He could pull, you know, what Carson Palmer essentially did. They have the same agent, David Dunn. Right. He could do that. He could also um, try and force a trade. Try and force a trade. I heard, as you know, I came on the show, I called in saying, uh, why would he go to Denver? Why would he go and, and go to, uh, if this is all about having some sort of certainty over his career endgame and not being told by Green Bay when it's over, but him saying he knows when it's over in Green Bay, he'll force it. If he wants to go to a new spot, he'll force it right now. And I heard he would happily go to Denver because they've got the weapons, they've got the spot. He doesn't care that it's in Mahomes' division. He would actually love to personally beat Mahomes. He would love to send Mahomes to the wild card every single year. This is what I've been told. Okay, so that's another option. But one option that he is making sure is definitely not on the table for the Green Bay Packers is the option that the Packers apparently want, which is the Jordan Love option when they want to hit that button, when they feel it's time for Jordan Love to get out there. This is what it's about. If the Packers, last year, when they chose 26th overall, Jordan Love, think that he's the next quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, and they will decide when that happens, Aaron Rodgers is here to say, I, I, I will have none of that. I'm not going to be sitting here and being the good MVP soldier trying to win championships while you decide when it's time for Jordan Love to take the reins. And his, his entire play of the MVP season might force the hand of the Green Bay Packers. Good. Now it's time for him to be the MVP somewhere else. The only way out of this for the Green Bay Packers to keep Rodgers as the quarterback of the Packers is what he's basically saying. Give him the contract that he wants. This could be about money too. He's seen what everybody else is getting paid and he's the MVP of the league and he wants to get his because he might have already heard what Jeopardy pays. It ain't MVP quarterback money, that's for sure. (laughs) It ain't 35 mil a year. No. That's right. So get it while you can while you're on this green earth. And you could say, how many yachts can he water ski behind? More. Yeah, all of That's them. what quarterbacks and play. everybody wants that in their lives. And you could sit here and say, well, he's not being loyal to Green Bay. Screw that. They're the ones who made this thing what it is now by choosing Jordan Love. And Gutekunst can say, you know, I try to trade up for this prospect. I try to trade up for that prospect. that didn't work out. I've been trying to give Aaron the weapons. It's too bad. You got him, Jordan Love. You made that move. You made that bed, and Aaron Rodgers is not going to lie in it and, 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 and lie in there and be told when it's time to get out of the bed. He'll let them know when it's time to get out of the bed. That's what this all says to me. Last year was the year that he was willing to play through it. That was the one year. That's your freebie. I got you the MVP. We try to win the Super Bowl. That's your freebie, Green Bay. Those freebies are over. I am not going to play here anymore without the contractual security that I get to make my move 
away from Green Bay when I see fit. Sort of what Brady did. And Brady wound up leaving New England because New England was just like, okay, at you know, you're 42, you're 43, man. Like, we're not going to do this now. Yeah, like, right. you want to go somewhere else and do it, then go with God. Or they hoped yeah. that they thought maybe Brady would never leave. Green Bay, you're going to try that? If Aaron wants to play till he's 43, 44, then, then, then you could say via con Dios. But you sitting around hoping that Aaron will take you to the Jordan Love era because he's going to be a good soldier and win MVPs and try and get to the Super Bowl? No, that's over. That's what this indicated to me. Is that personal? Sure. Yeah. Because personally, he's put in all this time. He saw what you did with Favre and him. He knows it's still the same organization at the top. Right? I know it's not, you know, uh, Bob Harlan anymore, but Mark Murphy's cut from the same mold. He's done with it. No, you got to put the dollars and cents and the contract on the table that says goodbye to Jordan Love. Goodbye. That's the way that's I'm reading it. My tea leaves could be a little bit off, but he's basically saying to Green Bay, your plan that you hatched last year, 26th overall pick in the draft with Jordan Love, uh, I'm not playing into that anymore. You got your freebie this past year. Now you put the dollars and cents on the table. I'm not going to play this year and then get cut or get traded away. Nah, that's not happening. I'm not going to do that. You figure it out. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Ian Rappaport's coming up in hour number two to tell me if I'm on to something or not, but I think I'm on to something. Still here on Peacock. That's the way I viewed it. And I feel for Jordan Love, man. Kid was just sitting there trying his ass off, got drafted first-round quarterback. He's not going to see the field this year. He's not seeing it next year either. If Aaron Rodgers has his say, he's going to see it somewhere else. Too bad, Green Bay. Your whole, like, it's your job to look at the next five, seven years for for a franchise. Good. Good. You do that without me here. Without me here. All right, we got updated betting odds on this, Rich. Where will Aaron Rodgers play week one this year? Oh, it's Green Bay. Minus 220. <laughs> they're not going to trade him. Denver, why? Because they're not. They can't get any value. Like, again, yeah, we'll if San Francisco YOLO'd it and said that they try to go for, for Aaron Rodgers third overall, right? Who are they going to take? There was no defensive player that was worthy of the third overall pick. There was no wide receiver. It could have been Kyle, it could have been Kyle Pitts. You're really going to trade all? You're going to trade Aaron Rodgers away for Kyle Pitts and other first-round picks, really? And then it's time for Jordan Love. Now, really? You're ready to win the Super Bowl now. The coach came out and said, "I can't even wrap my head around the idea of Aaron not being here." Great. If Aaron doesn't want to play, he's the not playing. The move is to keep him happy. Every single Packer jersey that, that was worn at the draft was a twelve. We I didn't p- see many we fours. We're past that point. No, we're not. Though. We're not past the point. We're not past of him that not point. being happy. You give him the contract he wants. He will come out and and he will he will just be Mr. Packer. Then when he got trade Jordan Love, yes, yes, you will. That's what he just got done saying. Yes, I, yeah, that, that <laughs> you Jimmy G him. That's yes. insane. Oh, Why is nah, that insane? insane? It's not. You thought. He was going to play along with you. And I saw that. Andrew Brandt, who comes from the Packer organization, he tweeted out, 
You know, you just got to manage the situation better. The problem is, manage, you can't, you've got a quarterback who's so savvy and so perceptive, he knows when he's being managed. He knows it. And he knows you're just going to manage him to the point where you'll have, end up saying goodbye to him. And he wants to manage this. He wants to manage it himself. He wants to manage the organization and manage Jordan Love to a different spot. That's what this move seems like to me. Same thing as the Patriots situation. 844-204-RICH, number to dial right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Ian Rappaport coming up. 